0: welcome to quantum leap sponsored by bbx we've got some amazing content for you episodes stacked full of ideas inspiration and insights all highly valuable knowledge to help you grow your business
1: hello ladies and gentlemen it's the next segment of the quantum business show and it's my pleasure to introduce you to a guy who i've known for 20 years He's run the Quality Service Institute or the Service Quality Institute in the U.S. for 50 years. This guy, what he has uh, doesn't know about uh, service, customer service, follow-up, and how it is to be done relentlessly, is uh, not worth knowing. It is my pleasure to introduce the John Shaw.
0: Thank you very much, John. It's great to be with all of you. And today we're going to talk about empowering excellence and customer service. I have been speaking and writing on customer service longer than anybody else in the world. And we're going to talk about how do you drive this empowerment? How do you drive this uh, relentless attitude so that we can have a higher level of customer service? So If you want your organization to grow and to succeed long term, you have to be a service leader. Everywhere in the world, customer service sucks, including the United States. Very few firms are relentless. They focus on this for a few months, sometimes for a few years, and then they give up. Customers want great service every single year you're in existence. They're not interested in December of 2020, or maybe all of 2021. They want to know that you're going to deliver awesome customer service every single month for the rest of your life. And there's three core principles that I teach. Number one is you got to value and develop all employees. And I say, all. So oftentimes we say, John, you don't understand. I got people in the back. I got people that don't interface with customers. If somebody is not impacting customer service, you don't need them. Every single person in your company must be trained on the skills and the art of customer service in order to get them to provide extraordinary service. The least paid person in your company, the least recognized, the least valuable, is probably their most important person. That individual has probably 98% of your customer contacts. The third thing we got to do is value customers. we got to treat every customer like a king or a queen. It just has to be part of our nature. And a lot of people, it's really bad in the United States right now. 40, 50 years ago, when I was in Russia, the attitude was, you should be very lucky. We're going to let you do business with us. Well, that's the way it's moved to in the United States. So I started in this business in on customer service in 1979. And I saw a company spending a fortune on marketing and advertising trying to bring people to their place of business. And as the customer walked through the front door, every employee was issued baseball bats, and they'd hit the guy on the head as hard as they could. And I said, this is crazy. I said, this is stupid. Why do you do that? I said, why don't you treat them like a king or a queen? Love them business would soar. That was the concept. I said, why is customer service so bad? And I said, I figured it out that nobody's ever been trained in customer service. Well, 40, 50 years later, we got the same situation. Virtually nobody has been trained. And we have to empower our employees. This message is intended for anyone who wants their organization to grow and to prosper. There's two, it's really three ways you can grow your business. You can go to your local television station, newspapers, and you could spend a hundred thousand pounds a month on advertising, and they would love you. You could go to your bank and you could borrow money. Banks, you know, love to borrow your money at very, very low interest rates. And you could borrow five or $10 million and you could have capital renovation, you could have new projects. What my business is based on, what this presentation is based on, is called word-of-mouth advertising. How do you create an experience that is so incredible that the guy has to tell his friends and his neighbors about how awesome you are? If the customer experience is awesome, they come back. They give you more money. It is such a simple concept. What I don't understand after all these years is why is customer service so bad? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So to create an empowered service culture, there's a variety of steps. Number one, you've got to have a vision as a service leader, whether you're a retailer, a pharmacy, a, a hotel, doesn't matter what your business is, every employee has to know that they're in customer service and you got to have the strategy. And then you got to deliver five-star service, <clears throat> not two-star, not four-star, five-star service. <clears throat> Very few hotels provide five star service, but they call themselves five star. And then we got to create customer friendly systems and procedures. You got to make it really easy for people to do business with you. See, you could have the nicest people in the world, but you could have the stupidest policies, stupidest rules, stupidest procedures that you'll ever find in your life. And they just turn off the customer. And then four, you got to effectively build and develop every single person you got. If you want a customer-driven workforce, whether you got 10 employees or 200 employees, it's your responsibility to train and develop those people to deliver superior customer service. There is no educational system in Australia, New Zealand, the United States, Costa Rica, China, Thailand, the UK that's going to teach anybody the skills and the art of customer service. So if if you want high-powered, customer-driven, empowered employees, you have to take the responsibility to educate and train those people. All my research shows that customers value customer service. How do they value it? They give you a lot of money. And right now, there's a few companies that are really doing well. And then there's a whole lot of other companies that are not doing as well. If you deliver an awesome customer experience, and particularly with us, virus going around, you you don't have the luxury of turning off and blowing customers off the face of the map. You have to provide the best customer service you've ever done in your life. Because for many businesses, and particularly in the hospitality industry, their business could be down 70%, 80%, 90%. And then you got to make sure everyone is empowered. I would suspect that 95% of all the complaints that you get are because of somebody that, that didn't do something that was stupid. Okay? It's, it's not that they. I called at 3 in the morning and nobody answered the phone. It's like I called five minutes before closing and nobody answered the phone. We have to deliver an awesome customer experience. And you got to get your employees to make fast decisions on the spot In favor of the customer. That's what empowerment is all about. And then you got to call all customers by their name. You know, you could go to your local supermarket, to your local restaurant, to your local dry cleaners, your local retail store, no matter what business it is, and nobody's ever going to use your name. I mean, you could go to the same restaurant every week for 10 weeks and nobody would ever know who you were. One of the, in in this COVID environment, this is a strategic tool. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, but it's really important to use the customer's name. Remember the customer. So when somebody comes into your place of business, Mike, how are you? I haven't seen you for two weeks. Where have you been? How's your family, Mike? Is your wife, Sarah, around? I haven't seen her either. Get to know your customers. Use their name. There's nothing more important than a customer's name. And then you got to value managers, employees, and customers, and you got to invest in all of them. You got to train every manager, every employee on the skills of customer service. Number ten is you got to master speed. People want things today fast. They don't want to wait till tomorrow. They want it now. Uh, I was trying to book a uh, a car rental for for Denver. I'm going scan this coming week, <laughs> and I sent this because. The internet, you know, wasn't making sense. I sent them an email. They said we'll get back to you in five to seven days. My God, are you are you nuts? You know, we are one click away from our competition. And then you got to master service recovery. I'm going to talk a little bit about service recovery before we close. That's when you screw up. How do you save your rear-end and keep the customer? And then number 12. If you implement what I call this service strategy, this empowered service culture, it will impact your revenue, your brand, your image, your occupancy if you're a hotel. And then the last is you got to be relentless. My new book is called Relentless. And the reason for that is very few firms are relentless. We we focus on this for a few months, and it has to be a lifetime. It has to be like being. I don't know how many are viewing this from the UK right now, but you've got a uh, Metro bank in London that was founded by Vernon Hill. He's probably the most customer driven CEO that I know. He wrote a book called fans, not customers. And he said, he said, relentless must be your core operating pr- principle. serve your customer above all things. He said, customers rule, they pay our salaries. And, you know, I could spend a whole seminar just talking about Metro Bank in London. That would not take a lot of effort. And empowerment is the backbone of great customer service. It's it's more than an attitude. It has to get woven into the entire fabric of your organization. Empowerment means that every one of your employees has to be able to make a very fast decision on the spot in favor of the customer. That means they have to bend your rules. The single objective of every business should be to have an over-happy customer. If you have over-happy customers, you become an Amazon. And then you have money to do anything in the life that you want to accomplish. And it's very difficult to get people to make empowered decisions. I've had a chance to work with uh, Salesforce, Mark Benenoff. He says values aren't much unless they're translated into behavior and brought into life. Salesforce is a role model. I'm going to talk during this short presentation about some of the role models. It's one of the largest software companies in the world. They just made an $18, $20 billion acquisition of a new company. Uh, You have to deliver relentless customer service on a very consistent basis. We need to realize that it takes five times as much money to attract a new customer as it does to keep an old one. Bottom line, always take care of existing customers. The problem that most companies have is the employee says, you know, this guy's a jerk. This guy's a pain in the rear end. He's a nuisance. He's too cranky. Screw him. Let's get rid of him. Well, let me tell you what. That's a lot of revenue. You know, we always have this attitude that there's a percentage of our customers we need to get rid of. I, I think if you deliver great customer service, you're going to have great relationships with your customers, and they're going to give you a lot of money. I don't think with COVID-19, you have the luxury of blowing off customers at this point of time. I don't think you ever have the luxury of doing it. So word of mouth, which is what really I'm talking about, that's what superior customer service is, is how do you create an impact that is so remarkable that the customer falls in love with you and tells every friend about your organization. I don't care what industry you're in, whether it be the travel business, the hospitality business, the barter business, IT, retail, really doesn't matter. The concept is so simple. If you treat every customer like a king or a queen, you will become rich. It's a very, very simple thing. Jeff Bezos. I think Amazon is the most relentless company in the world. Uh, He's woven relentless customer service into every part of their operation. They have flawless execution. And... Over the last 21 years, Amazon stock has grown from $1.50 to $3,100 per share. That's over 166,000% return. (coughs) I like to show numbers. I can talk about the need to love employees and to love customers. But most of you watching this video, this. Zoom call, are managers, your executives, you're the owner, the CEO. What matters to you is money. Show me the money. Jeff Bezos, is the wealthiest guy in the world, he increased his net worth like forty eight billion dollars this year. We're not, and that's dollars, not pounds. So I know some of you guys from the UK, that's not as much money, but it's still a hell of a lot of money. So I I could do a whole seminar just on on Amazon. But I need everybody watching this call today to be an Amazon to develop the principles that they have that they have put into place. To Vernon Hill, he says seven-day convenience means we are open for the customers, not ours. Metro Bank is open seven days a week. They open at eight. They close at eight. They're open seven days a week. They have hours convenient. To the customers, he founded Commerce Bank, which he sold for, you know, eight and a half billion dollars. He founded Metro Bank, and he's now the CEO of Republic Bank in uh, in the United States. As I said earlier, he is the most customer driven CEO. I put him with Jeff Bezos in two of the same. Only Bezos a little bit more wealthier. Vernon is probably worth a billion dollars, but he's done a remarkable job. He's Metro Bank is the first new bank in London in 177 173 years. So people value a customer experience, but what happens is people get rid of it. You know, as soon as they can get rid of customer service, they do. Vernon Hill and his dog Duffy, and that's his wife Shirley on there, said customers are those people who bank with us, but who are not yet emotionally attached. I mean, listen to the concepts here. They are indifferent at the beginning, which is true. We are perfectly happy having customers, but we want to convert them to fans, part of our community. Remain loyal and convert their friends to new customers. That's what this customer experience is all about. How do you create fans? How do you create this commitment so people fall in love with your business? So my book, Relentless, I'd encourage all of you to get a copy of it. It's available through BBX. Uh, It sets you apart from the competition. I mean, if you look at most retailers, most gyms, most restaurants you know, to a great degree, they're all the kind of the same. What makes you different? Just think about it if I had a restaurant, I'll just use that because we sometimes go to restaurants, particularly when the COVID is not going wild. But what would happen if you walked into a rent uh, into a, a restaurant and somebody said, good afternoon John. Gosh, I haven't seen you for a week. Is anybody else joining you? Oh, your wife Sarah's going to join you. Great. Why don't you follow me? And I got a great table for you. And Susan is going to be your uh, waitress and she'll take good care of you. Susan, this is John. He's one of the most loyal customers we have at our restaurant. Does that happen? I mean, this is not complicated stuff. We're talking about a stealth approach. How do you steal customers from your competition? How do you grow your business faster than anybody? Mark Beninoff said, nothing is more important than how a company engages with its customers. They got a software system called Salesforce. I don't know if some of you have used it It's a global business, but it's pretty good software. And this is probably one of my most favorite quotes is from Jeff Bezos. He says, if you want to do more of something, reduce the friction. Most companies have stupid policies, stupid hours, stupid rules that piss off the customer. They make it almost impossible to do business. And so you could have the friendliest, you could have the nicest people in the world working for you, but you could have crazy hours crazy procedures, crazy rules. And let me tell you the problem with empowerment is that employees get down on their knees every night and they pray to God. Dear God, please give me more rules, more policies, more procedures. They love to enforce rules and policies and procedures. At Amazon, They reduce all that stuff. They eliminate the friction. It is so easy to buy from Amazon. It's so everything is easy. They've reduced the friction. I need you to think about doing the same thing with your organization. See, customer service is a glue that holds everything together. And you got to be relentless. You got to live it out. It's like breathing. And actions speak louder than talk. Most in this country, in the US, 95 99% of all CEOs believe they deliver awesome customer service. 99% of the people living in the United States think that customer service sucks. So the problem we have, and I find this is true all over the world, is that owners of companies think they're really doing a great job. And most customers have trouble identifying five service leaders in your country. Probably none of us have used dog sleds, but the key here is to find dogs that want to pull the sled. Elite racers know that building the best designed dog sled begins with choosing members that will work to win. Not every dog likes to pull, And not every person in your company excels at customer service. So learn from the mushers. Hire for relentless performance. Hiring is one of the keys for finding great people. You got to look for positivity, mental agility, sincerity. Uh, If you hire a dead person, they might be with you for three months, for six months, for six years. You're dead. You got to Find people that love customers that want to talk to customers. And uh, at at Metro Bank, Republic Bank, Commerce Bank, Vernon Hill had a policy: if there was no smile on the first interview, there was no second interview. Now the funny thing is that you know we don't have any Russians. I assume uh, watching this quantum leap presentation today, but. In Russia, the chances of finding somebody that smiles is like a miracle, okay? Everybody looks like the world came to an end. There is nothing better than a smile. When you see a customer, smile. When you pick up the phone, smile. You got to hire for attitude and then you got to train for skill. And what we try to do at Service Quality Institute is to create a service culture. And to create a service culture, again, whether you got five employees, 20 employees, 200 employees, you have to use something fresh and new constantly. You, you can't take Charlie and put him through a magic program and think that this young man, maybe he's 25 years old, is going to all of a sudden become perfect. You have to have something new, fresh, new, fresh, new, fresh, and it better be every four months. If you want to be relentless, if you want to deliver the best customer service of any company in your market area, that means you got to train people on empowerment. You got to train people on customer service. As I said earlier, there's no educational system anywhere in the world that's going to train any of your employees on customer service. And being a customer is all they see is bad customer service. So SQI has a disruptive technology. We do four things. We change attitudes and behavior. We teach the skills, the art of customer service. And all of our stuff is designed to be implemented on site with your own people. So there's no travel expenses. Uh, There's no need to hire any outside professional trainer or facilitator. We improve employee morale and teamwork. If people love their job, they come to work. They're more productive. And then we drive a dramatic increase in revenue. That's the bottom line. How do you get that increase in revenue? I think, and all my research shows, that any firm that delivers an incredible customer experience, the revenue goes straight up like this. And I've talked a little bit about empowerment. i got a training program called Empowerment of Life. I have a book called Empowerment. All of it's available, by the way, through BBX. Uh, my definition, again, is I want your employee to make a really fast decision on the spot in favor of the customer. If you have, as I said, over-happy customers, you're in really, really good shape. So it has to be a way of life. If you have over-happy customers, your competition screwed. They have no chance. They're never going to take your, your customers. They're going to be loyal to you. And then another skill, which I talked about when I started out, is is remember the customer's name. And there's three reasons we don't use the customer's name. Indifference, I don't really give a damn. I don't think it's important. Uh, Fear, I don't know how to say John Scholl, so I'm not going to use his name. And then the third is lack of training. Again, you know, in your business, most employees have never been trained in their whole life why you got to use a customer's name, how do you use the customer's name, how do you remember the customer's name? Do you realize that 80% of your customers are repeat? I don't care what business you're in, from a supermarket to a retail store to a gym to a a restaurant to a hotel to a pharmacy, uh, 80% of your customers are repeat. How often do your employees use the customer's name? When somebody calls on the phone, do you recognize the voice? Do you use the name? This is not rocket science. There is nothing more precious to a customer than their name. It carries more significance than anything else. It's it's very precious. And let me give you a, a little quick example of a company called Chewy, and and this is and I could I could have I have about ten companies that I like to use in my presentations. Chewy sells pet food. Now my wife raises show dogs. And she's got the number one Havanese in the United States. Uh, And she loves her dogs more than she loves her husband. So every year, Chewy sends millions of handwritten cards to the parent of the pet. Now, I don't know how many of you have a pet. But very rarely has somebody ever sent you a Christmas card for your pet. Staff artists create oil paintings of their pets. All this is free. They have hundreds of people that are writing out all these handwritten cards, not some stupid computerized card, a handwritten note. Now, what what's the bottom line of focusing on customer service? The value went from over $3 billion in six years to now $32.58 billion. Now we're talking dollars, so in Australia that's probably better. In the UK, you're into pounds, so that's you know chump change for for all you Brits. They had a 45% increase in sales in the third quarter. The increase was $1.78 billion. This is an increase. This is what happens when you build a business around an incredible customer experience. Chewy has become the most trusted and convenient online destination for pet parents. And they have focused on this service strategy. A friend of mine, I asked her why she uses Chewy. And she said it's because they've loved their pet as much as I love mine. So uh, the co-founder Ryan's calls himself obsessive, relentless and contrarian. He sold the company to PetSmart in 2017 for 3.35 billion dollars. Now it's worth over 30 billion dollars. I mean you know you may not be in the pet food business whatever your business is if you build it around an incredible customer experience the the results are remarkable. And then I talked a little bit about speed. Speed means to me, how do you shrink the time by 90%? Amazon, I think, invented speed. I think Amazon is the best at speed. And today, if you want to compete with Amazon, you know people are saying, why can't I have it today? I'm not going to wait two weeks for something to be delivered. I want it tomorrow. I want it today. And with employees, they just think slow. Most employees think slow. And then the second problem is we have crazy policies and rules and procedures that are designed to increase slow. So if you want to be a service leader, one of the things you want to do is decrease the time by 90%. And by the way, we have a training program called Speed that if anybody's interested, they could use. Uh, so it requires empowerment, speed, because you got to p- get people to make really fast decisions. And that's how you create this execution. And then the last item that I want to talk about, and then we're going to open it up for questions and answers, is service recovery. And serve it, all of us make mistakes. Every day, one of us is going to screw something up. And service recovery is how do you take a screw up and flip it so the customer falls in love with you? My experience is that most employees, particularly in the United States, they lie and run for cover if there's a problem. Anything to get rid of the hot potato. Service recovery is focusing on how do you keep a customer? You got to understand, most employees, they don't give a damn. They really don't care. They know that you are rich. They know that you make a lot of money. They know that your company is well off, regardless of the economy. And get rid of the stupid, irate customer. And I can't believe it. He's bitching and complaining just because we were a day late on the shipment. He should be glad we got it to him. I mean, this is stupid. Okay. So service recovery is in 60 seconds. How do you take a screw up? How do you take a customer? I was gonna say swearing at you, but you know, in your countries, people would never use bad language, would they? You know, so how do you how do you flip that in 60 seconds? So a guy that's really upset thinks you're the greatest company in the world. That's what service recovery is all about. I would estimate that not more than 1% of companies in the United States could spell the two-word service recovery. Service recovery is not saying I'm sorry. Service recovery is taking care of the customer within 60 seconds, so they fall in love with you, and and you just totally turn them on. Turn them on. And so, the problem is that most customers don't complain. My I'm a, as you can kind of tell, I talk a lot, and you know I'm a fairly assertive person. My wife is very shy and quiet. She's never going to complain. She just won't ever go back. She'll never tell the company, but she will never go back. So when a customer complains or telling you a favor, what you got to do is figure out how to solve the problem. But more importantly, most employees, they don't really even want to tell you there's a problem. They don't want to fess up. They're just hoping nobody cares, nobody pays attention. Service recovery is when your company screws up or you screw up, how do you flip the situation in 60 seconds where the customer thinks that you're the greatest company in the world? So let's talk about the four steps. Number one is you got to act quickly. That means that all this has to happen in 60 seconds. You do not have time to move it up the chain of command. That means if you got a company of 12 employees, You want your employee to be able to solve the problem on the spot in favor of the customer. Now, remember, with service recovery, that means that you screwed up, your company screwed up, or the customer believes that your company screwed up. And most people in the United States, most employees, they run. Oh, they run so fast. You know, let me have you talk to my manager. I'm sorry he's gone for a week. I'll have him call you when he gets back. Well, nobody's ever going to call. The second step is you got to take responsibility. No matter who's at fault, don't say, you know it's county. Those jerks and salesmen, they're really bad. So take responsibility, apologize, do not place blame. Thank the customer for pointing out the problem. Don't do what Americans do. Don't make excuses or lie to cover up a mistake. Don't point out a customer's misunderstanding and don't pass the blame off to another employee or to the organization the third is you got to be empowered that's really the theme of this zoom call is you got to get every employee to make a very fast decision and again it better be in favor of the customer and then you got to compensate this is the magic of service recovery Every company that's watching this video right now has things of value and low cost. When you screw up, you need to be thinking about what are the things that you have the products or services that the customer perceives of high value and low cost that you can give away instantly, that your employees can give it instantly when you make a mistake. I'll give you an example. Let's say that. You have a restaurant, and and I like to use restaurants because we all go to restaurants except for COVID nineteen. Um, and you have a reservation for seven o'clock. You walk in and you say, "My name is John Shaw. I got a reservation for seven o'clock." And the hostess says, "Mr. Show, we got a problem. We're not going to be able to see you till probably seven thirty. Nobody's left. I mean, we are just jam packed." Um, you know, I. But Mr. Shaw, would you and your guests do me a favor? Would you go into the lounge and have drinks with us while you're waiting to get seated? Now, what are you going to think? Maybe each person has two drinks. You have a, if it's known as John, you know, he has a beer. You know, uh, somebody else has a glass of wine, somebody has a coke. Who knows what they're going to drink? But let's say everybody had two drinks. Now, let's look at the real cost of the beer, the Coke. It's maybe $1 at the most, not even a pound. Well, maybe in the UK, it'd be a pound, Okay. Now, we got $8. Now, what do you think those four people are doing in that 30 minutes while they're waiting to get seated? And every time they get a new drink, what are they thinking? They're thinking, oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I hope this happens again. This is incredible. They're on their phones, they're doing texting. They're doing, they're going to Facebook, they're taking pictures, they're going to Twitter. That's called social marketing. For eight dollars. Now let me ask you this: you got a manager who says, This is really stupid, an owner of a business. There's no way we can afford to give away eight pounds. No way. So you go to your local television station in London with eight pounds and you say, I want to run a media campaign. How much airtime can I get for eight pounds? They might throw you out the door. But here for eight pounds, $8, whatever it is, I got four people that each probably told 20 other people about what's going to, what happened within the next 24 hours. So I have a hundred people that are gonna hear about this experience free for $8. Now let's just say I didn't want to spend the $8. I said, you just go in and have drinks, you know, but not on us, of course. And you're sitting there waiting 30 minutes and you're thinking, boy, what a crummy place. They're not organized, you know, and it's all negative. This is what service recovery is all about. You got to make it right. You got to pay them for their inconvenience. You bought yourself a second chance. And you got to be generous. If you're cheap, it has no value. So I challenge all of you to be a relentless leader, to bring the principles I've talked about to your own organization. They work. So providing relentless customer service will drive your organization to success. My contact information is right here. If anybody wants to reach me, my Twitter account, Facebook, LinkedIn, my personal email, my WhatsApp phone number, anybody can call me on my WhatsApp. Uh, you got my, my uh, website there. So I look forward to uh, answering any questions you got. So John, I'm going to turn it back to you.
1: Okay, fantastic, John. Uh, there's just so much wisdom in that uh, session. It's unbelievable, and uh, uh, we do thank you. What, uh, what great uh, great information. A couple of uh, questions that came up uh, during the, the chat. One was uh, from Bipin uh, Patel. Um, what would uh, the young John Scholl, I know you're pretty young anyway, but what would the younger John Scholl advise yourself, knowing what you know now? If you went back 50 years starting again.
0: Well, <clears throat> when I was uh, 21 22 years old, I had a goal to have a million dollars net worth by age 30, which I did. I had a when I was 21 22, I had my net worth was $2,270. Um, I've always read one personal development book a month since since I was 21 years old. So I would not make as many mistakes you know I've made some financial decisions and investments that didn't pan out um I'd probably keep doing the same stuff. I'm relentless. I just I've focused on customer service longer than anybody in the world and I just I think it gets worse i just I don't understand it. It goes up and down and up and down and i I, I have no idea why companies don't give a damn about customer service it's just it's beyond my belief. Thank you very much Biman.
1: Yeah, good question. John, I actually wrote a seminar and a keynote that I deliver around the inspiration that I got from you from 15, 20 years ago. And that uh, uh, speaker slot's called uh, Why 50% of people in business survive despite their best efforts not to. And it's all around that subject. So uh, we've got one more question here, unless there's any others. Uh, And this is from OC Michael. Uh, Delta Airlines recently uh, they kicked a ch- small child off one of their aircraft uh, for not wearing a mask during COVID. You may have caught up with that. And I know there was another one many years ago, and I can't remember if it was Delta again, where they prided themselves. No, this in treating, is United. Uh, United treated their luggage. United, United Airlines. Well.
0: Don't, don't say Delta.
1: Okay. This is United. Share, share that story if you wouldn't mind. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I... Uh... I Twittered on it, Facebooked on it, LinkedIn on it. Uh, United Airlines is the opposite of everything I teach. The company uh, is in the transportation business, it's not in the service business. They don't know that. Uh, The CEO uh, doesn't understand customer service. They're very rule driven, they're very process driven. So, what happened last weekend? a young family had their two-year-old child with them and she would not wear her face mask. They tried and tried and tried. They're on the plane. And uh, the flight attendant, the chief flight attendant came up and said, you have to leave the plane. They kicked him off the plane and uh, they were on their way from Colorado to uh, New York. I mean, it is First of all, little children don't spread COVID, okay? And if any of you have had children, you know what a two-year-old's like. And they aren't always cooperative. So, I mean, they were working on this mask, trying to get the child to do it. The child wouldn't wear a mask, so they kick him off the plane. So there's about 80 million people that have heard of this story about United Airlines. So when we talk about word-of-mouth advertising, when you screw up, the cost can be very, very expensive. Two years before that, or one year before that, they dragged a doctor off the plane by his legs because they had to make room for two extra employees. So they evicted two passengers that didn't want to leave the plane. And I mean, United Airlines does huge business in China. and I don't know if we have any Chinese people watching this or well in the future, but but this is not good. Something like half of the population in China heard about the pilots because because it was an Asian guy that was dragged off the plane. This is that's why I said, I don't understand why companies hate their customers. Uh, we, we tend to think we're a monopoly. And you as the owner, you have to drive this focus, this commitment on good customer service. And then secondly, you absolutely must train your staff to deliver an incredible customer experience.
1: 100%. So, John, I think that uh, rounds up the questions and the time that we've got. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, on the program with us. If anybody wants to come and catch up with it, uh, it'll be there for replay uh, right up until the uh, 31st of January. So, John Shaw, thank you very much uh, for being with us. It's been a a real uh, treat to have you uh, with the program. John,
0: thank you for the invitation. And if I can be of help to any of your companies, uh, just reach out to me. Uh, I'll put on the chat my uh, my uh, contact information, my email and everything else.
1: Yeah, and uh, we've had Alex Braga on the call. Alex is looking after your account here in the uh, UK. So he's, he's under no pressure at all to deliver relentless customer service otherwise, uh, and, and he's just put up a party hat signal on the in his chat there. So uh, uh, he's up for the challenge, John. So we'll have to come back and measure how he went in the next month or two and then get a progress report. Sounds great. Thank you okay. Thank you very much. Thank you everybody. Hope you enjoyed the session. Thank you for joining us today. Don't
0: forget to make a quick note of anything you found particularly useful. Join our LinkedIn page at slash showcase quantum leap business show to keep up to date with news, content and forthcoming events.